of Acts, Acts chapter 1. The title of this message this morning, maybe turn me up just a shade, just a shade. The title of this message this morning is, You Shall Receive Power. Say with me, power. Experience the promise of Pentecost. Let's pray. Father, I pray, God, for the next few moments that you would anoint my tongue, that it would be, as it were, the pen of a ready writer to speak a word in season that would bring refreshing, rejuvenation, resurrection power to your people. We'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, Amen and Amen. How many of you know that Jesus gave three prophecies after his resurrection regarding the Holy Spirit? How many know that with every prophecy that there is a promise? Amen? And we find in Scripture that the Lord gives nine prophecies or nine promises regarding the work of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, we find that Jesus makes three prophecies, and this has got to be the quickest fulfillment of a prophecy probably ever in the Bible. Ten days. He gave a prophecy, and ten days later, all three came to pass. Three prophecies, three promises regarding the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. How many of you know that the promise is a person? The promise is a person. The Holy Spirit isn't an it. He is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity. Amen. He is God's. Which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And he wasn't kidding. Because it was 10 days later that if you look over real quick to Acts 2, just turn the page to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled, say with me, all filled, not half filled, all filled, with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the first promise, the first prophecy that Jesus gave, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and ten days later they were. It's interesting to note there are nine prophecies given about the Holy Spirit, There are nine promises in those prophecies. There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit and nine fruit of the Holy Spirit. Promise number two, prophecy number two by Jesus. You shall receive power. 
Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you see that in the book of Acts chapter 2, that that's exactly what happened. Acts chapter 2, verse 43. The prophecy became a reality. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs, say with me, wonders and signs were done through the apostles. So not only were they filled with the Holy Spirit, there was a demonstration of the power of God. There is a third prophecy that Jesus gave. He says that you shall be witnesses. Acts chapter 1, you shall be witnesses. Say with me, witnesses. To me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In the very next chapter, 10 days later, Acts chapter 2, verse 14, Peter preaches his first sermon. He witnesses of the life-saving demonstration of the power of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2, verse 14, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known unto you and Heed my words. He became a witness for the resurrected Christ, the redeeming Christ, the healing Christ. Amen. And then he didn't stop there in Acts chapter 3, preaches a second sermon to those in Solomon's porch in the temple. So we've got three prophecies. We've got three fulfilled promises. But how many know that the Holy Spirit and God didn't stop there? If you have your Bible, turn to Joel, the book of Joel, Joel chapter 2. And if we look in Joel, we will see six more promises that God had given his church. But guess what? They didn't happen 10 days later. We had to wait 865 years for that promise to come to pass. How many of that's how long? I had looked it up. That's why I know it's 865 years. Joel prophesied it, and it happened in Acts chapter 2. Amen? But there was a promise that was given, six of them, 865 years earlier that came to pass on that Pentecost Sunday. Promise number four, I will send you new wine. Joel chapter 2, verse 19. Here's the prophecy. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine. Say with me, new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach. Say with me, reproach among the nations. The word reproach means a discredit or a shame. Joel 2.27, he goes on to say, I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. How many of you know that that prophecy became a reality? In Acts chapter 2, they were filled with the Spirit. They began to go out in the streets. They began to pray in tongues. And in chapter 2, verse 11, it says, We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed. How could you be amazed and perplexed at the same time? They were amazed. Those who believed were amazed. Those who didn't believe, they were perplexed. Amen? Saying to one another, what could this mean? 
Others mocked. Say with me, mocked. And they said, they are full of what? New wine. Prophecy fulfilled. They wanted to mock. They wanted to make fun. They wanted to make, to discredit. But how many know that Joel said that my people will not be put to shame? There shall be not a reproach on you. And how many of you realize, even since the beginning of the church, the people begin to mock the Holy Spirit, begin to mock speaking in tongues, even up to the uh, Azusa Street Revival. They called you holy rulers and tongue talkers, and they expected you to hang from the chandeliers when they came into your meetings. They thought you were crazy. But how many know that God has removed the reproach of the Holy Spirit off of the church? Amen. Speaking in tongues is celebrated in the church. If it's not, it should be. Amen. If they aren't celebrating speaking in tongues, you need to run. Amen. Never be ashamed of speaking other tongues. Never be ashamed of the language of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. I will send you new wine. Number five, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 15. And Peter interrupted, these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing this is but the third hour of the day. Amen. But this is that. Say with me, this is that which was prophesied out of Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Notice it doesn't say, I'll pour out my spirit on apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, although we're included. He said, all flesh. Say with me, all flesh. All in the German, Hebrew, Greek, Spanish, and French. All means what, church? All. I pour out my spirit on all flesh. Amen. I forgot to mention, you may be wondering where Pastor Kay is. She is serving in the nursery this morning. Praise God. And so we, we do need some help in the nursery and in the children's church. So listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Number six. I will show you wonders and signs. Joel chapter 2, verse 30 on your screen. And I will show wonders. Say with me, wonders. In the heavens and signs, say with me, signs, in the earth. Now, I looked up the word wonders in the Hebrew. That word wonders in the book of Joel, it is Strong's number 4,159. But do you know how it's translated in Hebrew? You're not going to believe this. The word is mo-faith. More faith. More faith. <laughs> That's what it is. More faith. Go look it up. 
and it means miracles, signs, and wonders. Amen? The Holy Spirit wants to demonstrate signs, wonders, and miracles, but it's going to take more faith. It's going to take more faith, church. Amen? Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Peter begins preaching to the crowd. He said, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested. Say it with me, attested. That word means proven. A man proven by God to you. How? By miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst. How many know that God wants to prove through you to others that he is real. How does he do it? Signs, wonders, and miracles. It's not restricted for five-fold ministers. It's not restricted at all. There's only one requirement. Mo faith. These signs shall follow those who believe. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll cast out devils. They'll raise the sick. They'll heal the lepers. They'll raise the dead. They'll cast out devils freely who have received, freely give. It's just going to have one requirement for you to operate in that, mo faith. Amen? You got to ask for it. You have not because you ask not. Most things of the spirit. What does is, what is, uh, Paul say in his book, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12? He says, this is a little translation. Earnestly covet. Everywhere else in the Bible, the word covet means something bad, right? Except in this instance, Earnestly covet spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. You have not because you ask not. You have to ask to operate in those gifts or they won't all operate in you. That's why he says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened to you. For whoever asks receives, whoever seeks finds, whoever knocks the door shall be opened. You've got to ask. Amen. He's just waiting. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? We've got to ask. Amen? God wants you to operate. Again, these services, about, God, do you want to do anything in this service? I'm always wanting to do something. But people don't ask me. Ask to be used. Come filled up. Come as an ambassador of revival. Don't come to the revival. No, you are revival. You come as revival. You are revived. You're here to catch somebody on fire. That's what you're here for. Amen? Fan the flame that is within you. Don't settle for second best. Come ablaze. Come as a messenger of fire, just like his angel. There's angels of fire. Will you be a messenger of fire too? Amen. So that was he prophesied in Joel. I will show wonders in the heavens and signs in the earth. 
It became a reality. How many know a prophecy is conditional? Most prophecies are conditional. It requires a response. Here's a conditional promise. It's also a prophecy. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. It's conditional. If you do this, God will do this. That's the same with prophecy. People say, oh, well, God said it's going to happen. Nope. You got to participate. Now, there's some absolute prophecies that will absolutely come to pass because God's sovereign. But 95% of all prophecies are conditional based on our response. Amen? Now, God is sovereign, and people say all the time that God is in control. You go find that in the Bible. I can't find it. Now, he is in charge, but he's not in control. Go find it. There is, there's nothing that says in the Bible that God is in control. We don't want to put it off on God. Somebody dies of sickness prematurely. Oh, well, God wanted them. He's sovereign. He's going to take them. No. There's a real God, and there's a real devil. Amen? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost in power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Amen? For this reason, the Son of Man was manifested, that he may destroy the works of the devil. So he's done his part. Now it's time for us to do our part. He's the head. He's sitting in heaven. We're the hands and feet. He's waiting on you. People say, I'm waiting on God. No, he's waiting on you. Amen? Do something. Move. Don't be a statue. Do something. What if I make a mistake? Well, God will fix it. Do something. I, I get so tired of people. They come and get a prophecy. Oh, I had that prophecy 20 years ago. Well, that's not good. That means you did nothing with it. Got the same prophecy. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. But if you don't do anything with it, it ain't going to happen. And there is the timing of God and all that, preparation and all these things. Amen? That's not in the notes. So it became a reality. Acts chapter 8, verse 6. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip. They listened to his message. Why did they listen? Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. That's why only 5% of people that get saved in crusades stay true to Christ. Why? Because they had not been touched by the power of God. You see, going evangelizing without the power of God manifesting is like going fishing with no bait. Acts chapter 8, verse 13. This is Simon the sorcerer. We know he was a sorcerer. But listen to this. Acts chapter 8, verse 13. Then Simon himself believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed. Why? Seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. That's why they had thousands of people being added, because there was miracles, signs, and wonders. What we want to do in America is we want to do a shortcut. We want to argue people into the gospel or make it some sort of philosophical discussion. How many know that the manifestation of the power of God ends all discussion? We're going to get into that in a minute. It's getting, going to get better. I love what Paul said. He goes, my speech and my preaching 
We're not with the persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Why, 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 why? That your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. But I tell you what, there's a price to pay for the power. And most people don't want to pay it. That's why we don't see uh, uh, mass uh, salvations and miracles. No, we're trying to coach people into the kingdom. It, it doesn't work. But I tell you what, when people have an encounter with God and the power of God, that's when true change happens. Amen? You see, we need the proof of power through signs, wonders, and miracles for our gospel to be believed. Number seven, who calls, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Joel chapter two, verse 32, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's also repeated in Acts chapter two, verse 21. Did you know that Peter's first message His very first message yielded 3,000 souls. Why? Due to a sign, the sign of speaking in tongues. There was a sign that caused people to believe. Amen? In his second message that was promulgated, drew a crowd because of a healing. So, Peter... And his companion, they decided they're going to go to the temple. And there was a man who was lame from his mother's birth. He was born lame. He was 40 years old. And the guy looks up expecting to receive something. And what did Peter say? Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he put faith and action to his faith, and he took him up, and he pulled him up. And when he pulled him up, his ankle bones were straightened and strength, and he was healed. Faith without works is dead. Sometimes it takes a little bit of faith action to activate your faith. Amen? And so what happened? The crowd saw it. They knew this guy. He's been sitting there for a long time, 40 years. So they go into the temple, and hey, we're going to follow these guys. And here comes a guy leaping and dancing. So all of a sudden, thousands of people there in Solomon's porch believe the gospel. Why? Because of a miracle. Amen. That's what God's going to do in the Arizona awakening. It isn't going to be some philosophical, you know what? No, it's going to be a manifestation of the glory and the power of God that is going to transform people's minds, their bodies, and their spirits, everything. They're going to get born again. They're going to bring all the people with them. Amen. This is what's happening. We're believing for 120 churches. We're believing for 120 churches in Arizona to manifest the glory of God, signs, wonders, and miracles. It's going to bring a great harvest. It's going to get the attention of all of America and even the nations. Something happened to me yesterday, yesterday afternoon. I, was, <laughs> I got a text message. Anyway, got a text message from, I know who this guy is. And anyway, he's from Pakistan. 
He preaches to thousands of people. He has a television station. And he texted me. He says, um, he's asked me before, and I just kind of put it off. And the Lord convicted me. I said, and he, and, and he said, would you like to, we'd like to you to preach to 700 pastors next week via Skype. I'm like, okay. Let me pray about it. Let me think about it. You know, wants me to preach on unity. And I asked him, I said, well, why me? Why me? What do you know about me that you trust me to preach to 700 pastors? He goes, oh, no, 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 you don't get it. He says, I have a television station, and we, we play your YouTube videos on our TV station. Really? He said, oh, yeah, we've been waiting for you to come speak live to our pastors, you know, for a long time. He's been inviting me, like, every couple months. I'm like, oh, I'm busy. I'm, I'm called to Arizona. i got a small church, and... It's like, why do, you, why do you want me? He goes, no, 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 you don't get it. We, we play your videos on our TV station. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, why me? And I was like, okay. Well, praise God. You know, I got a prophecy. I got a prophecy um, by Stephen Powell. He was here uh well, he was here recently, but he was here a few months ago. He gave me a prophetic word. He said he was going to open the Lord was going to open a door for me to preach to Jews and 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 Ishmael. I mean, no, Pakistan's Ishmael. Amen. I was like, okay, Lord, because I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I could put this guy off, and was like, anyway, I just thought I'd throw out that out there. Anyway, so the second miracle it says here. Uh, uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 11. Many of those came, heard the word, believed, and the number of men. How many know they only recorded the number of men? Not women and children, just the men. And the number of men came to about 5,000. So just in a few days, the church went from 3,000 men to 5,000, not counting women and children. Potentially, there could have been, what, 15,000 believers. Why? Because of signs, wonders, and miracles. They not only had something to say, they had the power of God behind them to back it up. Amen? That's what we need. Number eight. Number eight. He will cause the rain to come down. Joel chapter 2, verse 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion. That's the church. And rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully. He will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Now, some of these prophecies out of Joel are just now coming to pass. How many know that all the promises of God regarding the Holy Spirit not just happen in the book of Acts, they're happening right now. Amen? We've had more rain in Arizona in the last six months. We've been out here since 96. We've had more rain in Arizona. It's been really strange. In fact, where there's been flood warnings. I get up on a Sunday morning and read, flood warning in Phoenix. Really? Flood warnings. Rain in the desert. You know what it sounds like to me? Sounds like Isaiah 43. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Say with me, new thing. Now it shall spring forth. When? Now. When? Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Say with me, rivers in the desert. 
I will give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. That's happening right now. As it is in the natural, as a sign, so it is in the spirit. The promises of God, I love Isaiah, are coming to pass. Isaiah 35, verse 5. The eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. The lame shall leap like a deer. The tongue of the dumb shall sing. Why? For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water. That's happening right now. What do we do? We need to ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. Zechariah 10.1. That time is now, church. We need to cry out and ask for the rain of heaven, the rain of righteousness and justice, the rain of healing, the rain of miracles, the reign of deliverance, the reign of righteousness, the reign of revelation. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. Hallelujah. Woo! Finally, number nine. I don't know about you, but I'm charged. I am stoked in the Holy Ghost. Number nine. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Acts chapter 3 verse 20, that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before, whom the heavens must receive until the times of restoration. Say with me, restoration of all things. How many things, church? All things he's restoring, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. God is redeeming the time so that we can catch up to our destiny in him. Amen. You might have made some mistakes, but how many know that God can accelerate time? He can cause you to catch up to your destiny. I don't care if you made a mistake. You've been divorced you robbed somebody, you've been stuck in jail, God can redeem the time and put you on an alternate path for you to fulfill your ultimate destination. Amen. And he's doing it. Hallelujah. So as we said earlier, how many know that prophecies regarding a promise of the Holy Spirit are conditional and require proaction? Say with me, proaction. What's proaction? It's proactive action. It's actually a word. I didn't make it up. Proaction. It requires proaction to become a reality. What are proactions? They are prescribed, premeditated actions that produced a planned outcome. Let me say that one more time. A proaction is a prescribed, premeditated action that produces a planned outcome. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Let's go over these very quickly. Number one. Repent and return to the Lord out of Joel. These are all out of Joel. Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Turn to me with all of your heart. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. You see, repentance is a proaction that prepares the hearts of people to receive not only the Lord, 
but also the promises of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. When Peter began to preach, it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Say with me, cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? You see, I've heard that repentance is a change of mind. It may begin in the mind, but if it doesn't result in a change of the heart, it's not repentance. Amen? It didn't say they were cut to the head. It said they were cut to the heart. Amen? Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter preached to them. He said, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins. And, say with me, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to how many? All. all. Not a few, all. Well, that maybe is for you. No, it's for all. Amen? Amen. It's for everyone. The promise of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 1.23 says it this way. Turn at my rebuke. That's repentance, right? When you turn your heart, that's repentance. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit upon you. There is a requirement called repentance to receive all of the promises of the Holy Spirit. Number two, consecrate a fast. Joel 2 verse 12. Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all of your heart with fasting. Say with me, fasting. Joel 2.15, blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. No one was exempt, even the nursing babes and those who are going to be married. You see, fasting also is a proaction of consecration and preparation to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I know some of you, we've been doing a whole year of fasting. First seven days, you may be becoming weary. So I'm going to encourage you in about two minutes. Two minutes of encouragement. Who will give me two minutes? Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. <laughs> Got to throw out some candy this morning. Here's your candy. Benefits of fasting. Number one, fasting looses the bonds of wickedness. Is this not the fast I've chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, and break every yoke? Fasting releases healing and glory's protection. Then your light shall break forth. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard if we fast. Fasting provides continual divine guidance. The Lord will guide you continually. Number four, fasting yields strength, satisfaction, and surplus. Isaiah 58, 11, the Lord will satisfy your soul in drought. He'll strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Number five, fasting produces restoration and promotion. Isaiah 58, verse 12, you shall build the old waste places, raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the reach the restore of streets to dwell in he will bring restoration and he will bring promotion isaiah 58 14 and i will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and receive the heritage of jacob hallelujah all right 
What are the proactions? Repent and turn toward the Lord. Number two, consecrate a fast. Number three, and final word, continue in prayer and supplication. Joel 2, verse 17, let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Turn to me with all of your heart, with weeping and with mourning. You see, the apostles themselves had to consecrate themselves through prayer and supplication before receiving the promise of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Say with me, prayer and supplication. You see, a supplication is a humble plea to God accompanied by repentance, weeping, and a passionate crying out to the Lord. Supplication is a proaction of consecration, a passionate plea to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus in Hebrew 5, 7, it says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, say with me, supplications, with passionate cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his godly fear. How was he heard? Because of his what? Godly fear. The fear of the Lord is what brings multiplication to his church. Acts 9.31 says, And walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. You can't go wrong with walking in the fear of the Lord. My prayer for you this morning is that you would walk in the fear of the Lord and experience divine multiplication and receive all the nine promises of the Holy Spirit in your life. For those of you who have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I pray that a passion for God has been ignited within you this morning that you would receive the promise of His Holy Spirit today. Everybody stand. If we could have Brian come on to keepers. Anybody else from the worship team wants to come on up? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sorry, I went a little bit over. How many know that when God's moving by His Spirit, I can't uh, cut it short? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So is there anybody here this morning? I'm going to ask our ministry team to come on up. Ministry team, come on up. Is there anybody here this morning that you have not received the gift, the baptism, the promise of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues, and you would like to receive that gift this morning? I want you to come on up. I don't want to bait you with books, but we got complimentary books here. For those who would like to receive the gift, it talks all about the benefits of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Everybody here speaks in tongues then. Praise God. All right, we got some evangelistic work to do. Amen. Anybody here want to receive the Holy Spirit? Come on up. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Hallelujah. Well, we're all spirit-filled then. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, if you need special prayer this morning, maybe you need healing in your body, maybe you need a prayer of agreement, maybe you need wisdom from heaven, we've got our ministry team here that can minister blessings to you. How many have been blessed this morning? Amen. Just lift up your hands to the Lord. I'm going to bless you before we're dismissed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless your people this morning. I declare they are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. They're blessed in the city and in the field. I thank you, Lord, that they are ambassadors of Christ, ministers of reconciliation, epistles read of all men.
vessels of honor fit for the master's use. They may have come in as a lamb, but they're going out as a lion this morning. So on the count of three, we're going to roar in this church. Ready, church? One, two, three. Roar! God bless you. We'll see you.